And now, a word from our sponsors. Before 1971, a young S. Sadie Burbank could only imagine a simple American life as a loving wife and mother. That was her goal when she first married in 1959 at the age of 18. But with the wild social revolution of the 1960s, Burbank's idea of a perfect life would quickly change as she left behind her family to begin a new existence of her own. Her journey would find her on a plane headed toward her new lover, Steve, who was halfway across the world, waiting her arrival in a small bush camp in the country of Liberia. Once there, Sadie is greeted with a fascinating, strange world and plunges herself into the exotic land of the bush. But less than six months later, Sadie would realize all was not as it seemed, and Steve was not the man she fell in love with. Burbank found herself desperately seeking escape from the camp and her lover as she raced back to Robertsfield Airport, literally running for her life. Based on an unbelievably true story by S. Sadie Burbank, Red Hills, Green Vines, and Dried Monkey Meat for Dinner is a manuscript of Burbank's adventurous and deadly experience during a time filled with sex, drugs, and murder. For more information, log into www.redhills.us. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Carry on my wayward son, there'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest, don't you cry. Don't you cry. Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 43 of Lupa's Bits. I am your host, Lupa Barty, otherwise known as Stephanie J. Barty, or as of today, back to being your favorite redhead. I love that deep voice, eh? Anyway, just sitting here watching the sun go down, and uh, how's your week been? Mine's been... I live in Ontario. Mine's been meh. All right. I suppose. Still waiting on my superpowers. I haven't developed any yet, so I'm kind of disappointed. And then, if you've been following Canadian news, um, you will have seen that my province, in its infinite wisdom, has now decided that giving AstraZeneca as the first shot might not be such a good idea. Yeah. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back that might have missed it. They've decided that giving the AstraZeneca shot as a first shot might not be a good idea. Let me tell you that my Facebook news feed has been filled up with all of us in Ontario that has had the AstraZeneca as their first shot because we were told any 
shot is a good shot. Take the first one offered to you. Get yourself vaccinated. You'll be good. And now we're being told, oh, you know what? Maybe that wasn't such a good idea. Well, it's a little late now, isn't it? Isn't it? So now what? So from what I can gather, and correct me if I'm wrong, they're waiting on reports from the UK Now, it was a report from the UK that made them decide that maybe giving AstraZeneca as a first shot wasn't such a good idea. Keeping in mind, this is also the same province that have approved vaccines for 12-year-olds. I have a problem with that. Anyway, they're waiting for a report from the UK deciding whether or not it's a good idea to mix shots. Now, if you've done any kind of armchair research, which that's all I've done, I am not an immunologist. I am not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. Just because I'm related to a nurse practitioner doesn't mean I've sucked up any of her knowledge. I'm not claiming to be anybody, any anything more than somebody who had the ability to sit down at a computer and put into Google what's the difference between an mRNA vaccine and a viral vector vaccine so that I could understand the difference and try and and decide, well, maybe not decide for myself, but inform myself as to whether or not it's a good idea. And if you can even do it, mixing a viral vector vaccine with an mRNA. Now, if you've done any research into it, if you've even looked it up or Googled it like I did, you will find out that Moderna and Pfizer are, are, are mRNAs. And AstraZeneca, and I think Johnson & Johnson as well, are viral vectors. Two totally different types of vaccines. Created two totally different ways, do two totally different things. Same outcome, protects you from COVID, but in two entirely different ways. So, I'm not a scientist, but I'm not sure it's such a good idea. So now all of us with the first shot are going, now what? Is that our superpower? We don't have to get a second shot because we can't mix the vaccines and the AstraZeneca is too dangerous? I don't know. Does it mean that AstraZeneca is okay on a second shot? The risks are lower on a second shot, so we'll get our shot faster now. We won't have to wait four months and then need a booster because we've already already gone four weeks past the recommended 12. Hmm. I don't know. So this has been a week of frustrated, angered confusion around that. I was so proud of myself, so happy that I went and got the shot and I did it. The way you're supposed to, I mean, some people were line jumping, some people were, you know, oh, I've got this, oh, I've got that, I can't have this, I can't have that, blah, 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 whatever. I know people in other towns were going to different towns so that they could only get Pfizer or Moderna. And, you know, I, law-abiding citizen, did as I was told, went and got the vaccine that I was told for my age group I could have, and now you're telling me that wasn't such a good idea. Yeah not thrilled. I mean, I get it. I get it. This is all kind of trials to begin with. But come on, people. And only Ontario, only Ontario has said, maybe we shouldn't do this. Because everybody else seems to have figured it out. 
I don't even think they're offering AstraZeneca in the States anymore. I'm not sure. I could be wrong. I don't have my live studio audience, so I cannot verify that. But, like, I don't know. I don't know. I I had some side effects. Great. I seem to be okay so far. But now what? Like, as if I don't have enough to worry about. I don't have enough things to stress me out. Now I have to worry about this. And not just for me, but for my mom. My mom got AstraZeneca. I don't know if she's had both doses now. She may have already had both doses and could be good. But, yeah, like, I'm so frustrated. I'm just so... Maybe I should have put a trigger warning or at least at least a, a warning, an emotional warning at the beginning of this podcast because this is one I'm kind of just getting a whole bunch of crap off my chest this episode. We're kind of still going down the emotional, where are we now? Because <laughs> today has been a really, today's been a crappy day. Yesterday was a crappy day. It's been a crappy week. It's just, I don't know. I've been struggling lately. And I've been kind of keeping it to myself because everybody's struggling. Everybody's got problems. Everybody's got health issues. Everybody's got something going on. And I still got stuff that I need to do. I still have responsibilities that I have to, you know, put on my big girl panties and get up and do. But I've been struggling. And I think, you know, I was talking about last week about being in a good place and, you know, feeling really good about myself and really good about the direction that my life is taking. And this week's totally different view. <laughs> so welcome to the roller coaster that is my emotions. This week I'm in a totally different place because we're talking about extending the lockdown even farther. And while I have a great place to live now, I mean, I had a great place to live before, but it was small. I mean, come on, I lived in a trailer. It wasn't a whole lot of room. It wasn't mine. Damn, I should have grabbed my box of Kleenex. <laughs> but even though I have a great place to live now and I've got room, I've got space, I can, you know, it's decorated and I'm surrounded by my things and I have friends in town and I can go and I can see Crystal and I can see Brian and, you know, this weekend I'm going down to my sisters who I haven't seen in a very long time. I haven't seen since first week of January. Um, I saw my sister and my mom and my nephew for five minutes uh, the beginning of April when I got the truck to get all my stuff and I couldn't hug them because it was just a quick visit and I hadn't quarantined or anything. Um, my sister's pregnant, so we're being very careful. <sighs> Sorry, I was wiping my face. <laughs> we're being very careful. As to, you know, not exposing my sister to anything. We're not taking any chances. Anyway, I haven't really seen them, hung out with them, hugged them since the beginning of January. I haven't seen my brother since August. So, you know, I, I miss my family. And I kind of feel like... I mean, you've all been listening to my podcast, so you know my history, you know my story. Um, you know I got separated in July. It'll be a year this July. And I kind of feel like my life has been on pause, you know? 
And all this stuff is going on around me. And there were people in that pause with me. And they're starting to drift away now. Because their lives are happening. Their lives are going forward. They're able to go and live and do stuff again. And I'm kind of feeling like I'm getting left behind. If that makes sense. And it's stupid because I know I'm not. And I have what I call spaz brain. <laughs> I have my logical brain. I have my, my brain that tells me, you know, you're being an idiot. You're overthinking it or, you know, you're, you're, you're just being silly. You're being paranoid. You're being, you're, you're whatever um, spaz brain is telling. That's what I call it. Those, you know, those voices in your head that are telling, that, that constantly tell you you're not good enough that you're not special enough, you're not pretty enough, you're not, you know, you're just good enough until something better comes along kind of thing in everything. That's what I call spaz brain. That's my spaz brain. And my spaz brain tends to take over. And my spaz brain took over the other night. Really bad. Really, really bad. And uh, thank God for Crystal. (laughs) Thank God for Crystal. Because there's been a few times when Spaz Brain has taken over. And uh, I've got a hold of her. Sent her a message. And, you know, she's... Stop it. Because I have a feeling that if it wasn't for her, I would have made some really big mistakes by now. I would have made... I would have done some things. Okay, I can't help that, folks. (laughs) Sorry. Unfortunately, the town does shut down at a certain time and it will get really quiet. Just not right now. There have been times that my spaz brain has has overridden the um, all the safety measures that my logical brain puts into place and has taken my logical brain off automatic pilot and has taken the controls. And Crystal has talked to me out of doing some things that I know... I would immediately regret doing. I know I would. <laughs> and has talked me off the ledge, I don't know how many times, and kind of, you know, made me snap out of it. Baz brain took over the other night, and it was a really bad night for me. And she talked me through it. And I'm still, it's been a few days now, and I'm still fighting the effects of Spaz brain. I think part of it. Sorry. It's been a while since y'all have heard me cry. I'm getting better at it. (laughs) I think part of it that contributed to the unworthiness of not being good enough, not being worth it, is um, I don't think I would have heard from my kids on Mother's Day if it hadn't been for Crystal. See, Crystal got a hold of my ex. And... (laughs) My ex lied through his teeth, but, you know, whatever. He told her that, you know, normally he reminds the kids to say Happy Mother's Day to me. I wasn't there, so he wasn't going to do it. So she got a hold of my daughter and said, look, write your mom a note. And Brian, her husband, went out and bought me flowers. And she printed off the note from my daughter and put it with the flowers. I cried immediately, kind of like I am now. (laughs) And uh, they surprised me with it. 
And I called my daughter and, you know, I thanked her and told her that I loved her. And we had a little cry on the phone and told her she was a butthead. Because, <laughs> you know, contrary to how it may sound, I actually don't cry a lot. I don't like to cry. Um, I generally only do it when I'm really angry <laughs> or um, really upset. I don't know, maybe I'm PMSing this week. <laughs> maybe that's my problem. But I didn't hear from either one of my boys. I didn't hear from my firstborn. Didn't hear from my middle son, my middle son, just my daughter, because my daughter was prompted. And I'm not saying I was a great parent. I wasn't. There were times when I was a downright awful parent. And, I, you know, I had my issues, especially when my boys were little. I had my issues. I was a kid trying to raise kids by myself. I mean, I know that's not an excuse, but I did the best I could with the tools I had at the time. I know why my oldest isn't talking to me. Um, he doesn't like the choices that I've made in my life. I'm pretty sure by now he knows that I am involved in a relationship. So I highly doubt I'm going to hear from him for a very long time. Um, I still get to talk to my grandson because my daughter-in-law controls that. And she knows what a... Um, I learned a new word today. I'm going to actually use it. He, She knows what a dictum my son can be. <laughs> and that's, you know, when you're a dick and then you play the victim. No, you're being a dick and then you play the victim. Like, I'm sorry. You're the one that made me do this. That's my son right now. I love them. Don't get me wrong. I love all three of my kids with all of my heart. But they're grown adults. I'm a grown adult. They're not little kids anymore. I didn't break up our happy little home by leaving. Our happy little home was, A, empty. <laughs> and B, wasn't very happy. So, you know, he's got his own happy little home that he needs to worry about. And raise his son. I just need to be worrying about mine. But my son holds grudges. And oh, my son that I was leaving. My ex did that. My ex got to him first. Because when I left in July, we weren't working it out. But we were still trying to figure out what it was going to look like. You know, what was this going to look like? How are we going to... Tell the kids this is what it's going to look like. You know, can we do this as friends? And he told our oldest boy, you know, your mom's left me. No explanation, no nothing. I mean, I can imagine the things that he said because my daughter-in-law has told me. She's actually gotten a hold of me and said, um, Phil said this. And I went, uh, no. <laughs> not even close so um i can only imagine what's going through my son's head but i mean this isn't the first time that phil and i had split up it is going to be the last time because i'm not going back it's done i should have not gone back the first time i had a child to think about i had two boys to think about you know there was a life a history that i had to think about anyway it's neither here nor there but not hearing from them hurt <laughs> really 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 hurt because no matter what they do to me I'm always there 
I always pick up the phone when they call. I always answer when they text. Mom, come and get me. Okay. Three o'clock in the morning. I don't know where I am, Mom. I'm down this country road. I'm wandering in the dark on the side of the road. Come find me. I'm lost. I need a ride. Okay. Off I go. Mom, I hate you. Mom, you did this to me. You made me like this. This is your fault. Okay. And I owned all of that. And you know what the frustrating thing is? Is when I get like this. And I get spaz brain like this. My first instinct is to run. Pack my car. Go on a trip. Whatever. Just get away. Go somewhere where nobody knows me. Nobody can find me. Just go. And I can't. I can't. I can't even leave my own county. I can't even leave my own town. And I'm praying to God I don't get pulled over next week when I go down to my sister's. Because I can't afford the fine. That's why I'm kind of going during the week hoping I can blend into the workday traffic on the highways. <laughs> I don't know. My, my spaz brain has just been... COVID has been really, really, really hard. And then watching people that I love, their lives restarting, basically. And, you know, they're going out and they're doing stuff and they're talking to friends and they're hanging out. And I'm stuck. I'm stuck. I get this feeling sometimes that I am going to get left behind, you know? And I'm going to get told, I can't do this anymore. This isn't working for me. So you just stay over there and I'll just stay over here. And, you know, we'll talk to you once in a while. And I know that's just Baz brain being stupid. But it's a really legitimate fear for me. And I'm watching, like, I've got friends in B.C., I've got friends in Nova Scotia, I've got friends in Georgia, I've got friends in um, South Carolina, I've got friends everywhere, and most of these places, life is carrying on as normal, business as usual. My one friend I was really close to, we don't talk much anymore, she doesn't have much time for me anymore, because she's out living her life. And I mean, what are you going to talk about? You know, we used to talk a couple of times a week. She'd get a hold of me. Oh, so what are you doing? Nothing. I'm in Ontario. Nothing. I'm literally doing nothing. What are you doing? Oh, I was down at the beach. And I went and sat down to this restaurant in St. Kitts and sat, you know, at the, I think Mother's Day, she sat on the patio with her kid for like five hours. Having drinks and, you know, having a good time at a restaurant. She's walking around the streets doing all these lovely things and going to these nice little restaurants and sitting on the patio and hanging at the beach and watching, you know, performances and stuff. And it's like, oh, great. You're good for you. And I won't lie, I'm jealous. I'm jealous. A friend of mine's actually going out to BC and it has crossed my mind. To jump in the truck with her. Just, you know, follow her down. Just to get out of here. You know, I'm waiting for my life to begin. <sighs> and I think 
I don't know. I don't know what I think. This is certainly not the topic that I was planning on uh, dumping on y'all this week. Um, I actually had something that I wanted to read that I wrote. I posted it on um, Facebook, but I wanted to share it with you. It's something I wrote a long time ago. I'm I'm talking about it because um, I'm actually scrolling through my Facebook notifications so that I could find it. And when I came across it in my memories today, uh, oh yeah, go to your memories. (laughs) Right, that's easier. Um, When I came across it in my memories today and I reread it, I kind of went, huh, that kind of really applies to today in so many, in so many aspects. It it is more relevant today than it was. um, Now, I wrote it... I think in 2009, yeah, maybe 2008, 2009, and I posted it, it might have been 2010, it might have been, but I posted it to Facebook in 2010, but I wrote it before I posted it on Facebook, because I wrote it um, on LiveJournal, I had a LiveJournal, and I wrote it there, so I'm going to read it to you, so this is something I wrote a long time ago. And as I was rereading some old diary entries, I came across it and thought I would share. I think the new opium of the people is technology and everything being disposable. This generation has come from fast food, fast cars, fast cash era. Everything can be obtained almost immediately. And that is what the kids of today are banking on. Technology has come so far with the advancements of cellular phones, wireless internet, and the mass amounts of websites that offer quick fixes to just about everything. For the most part, people would never have to leave their home, leave their houses. They can do all their work via internet and cell phone, shop, do their banking, and chat with friends, never having to leave the safety of their comfy chair and pajamas. But along with the advances comes losses as well. We have lost the ability to communicate verbally. We have lost our imaginations, and we have lost our spiritual community. Church masses are held, are even held online now. The new opium of the masses is disposable technology, for lack of a better term. I'm not Christian, but I see the parking lots almost empty on a Sunday morning. Being the religion I am, we have to meet face to face, for the most part, because a lot of the traditions are handed down verbally. But I have seen them online where communities would come together at least once a week, you now find pews empty. Neighbors not even knowing the names of the people right next to them, but carrying on relationships with a screen name halfway around the globe. Anonymity has become a sought-after commodity traded faster than anything else in the world. Log in and you can be anyone you want. People are now competing instead of helping each other. That old keep up with the Joneses has never been more evident than it is now. We need to get back to talking face to face, having conversations with the passengers in our cars instead of a cell phone or the cars themselves. We need to get back to being human where faith and family were most important, not money and how quick I can get it. Just my opinion. And I think, especially in... COVID land, (laughs) COVID world, that is more relevant today than it was 11 years when I posted it because we were made stay at home. We can do everything. 
work, order our groceries, pay our bills, entertain ourselves without ever having to leave the comforts of our homes. We can build relationships. We can start relationships and and cultivate and create relationships and build relationships and solidify relationships completely online. An entire relationship from the first hello to the we're in a committed relationship can be entirely online. Video chat, text messaging, everything completely online without that human contact. And I think it's taken something away from us. It's taken a hell of a lot away from me, I can tell you that. It's made those of us with spaz brain worse. It's made those of us that are indifferent worse. Because it's very easy to be detached and indifferent when they're just words on a screen. Oh, I'll call them later. Do it at the end of the day. Whatever. Call them tomorrow. Talk to them tomorrow. I texted them today. And you can convince yourself that that's enough. That that's, you know, I've put in an effort. That's enough. Whereas if you were in person, you're still going to do the same amount of texting. You're still going to do the same amount of phone conversations. But you're also going to spend physical time together. Going out, taking a walk, watching a movie, going for a drive, whatever. And I think COVID has taken that part of a relationship away. You can't do that. You can't jump in your car and go see your friend or your girlfriend or your boyfriend or whatever. Not if you live in Ontario. It really, really, really plays on you. It really wears you down. And you don't... You don't want to hold anybody back. You don't want to to stagnate a relationship. Because of the situation you're stuck in. And it, it also makes you wonder if... It's real. Because there isn't that physical aspect to it. It's all cerebral, basically. It's all cerebral. You're having a relationship with the other person's mind. Because it's all communication. It's all got to be verbal or written communication. And trust me, just as you can have misunderstandings verbally, you can have way more misunderstandings through text because context and and tone is not embedded in text you you don't get that through a text i think it's it's made people forget the rules of engagement i guess you would say the rules of a relationship with a person, any kind of person, any kind of relationship, there are certain rules, certain standards that that used to be in place, that used to be, you know, how things went before COVID. 
I think COVID has made people forget that. I don't know. As great as the internet is, and it's it's given me so much, a career, friends, relationship, I sometimes wonder if it's not doing me more harm than it is good. If I'm living a virtual life instead of a real life. Although, you know, Ontario. <laughs> I can't live a real life, so all I have is a virtual life. And I know eventually, eventually, we might be like the last landmass on earth to open back up. But eventually, <laughs> we will be able to leave our homes again. We will be able to travel again. So I will be able to see people. But I wonder, you know, am I preventing somebody from having a meaningful relationship with somebody they can sit down and have a coffee with, that they can laugh at a joke with. You know, my friend moved to BC and got a whole bunch of new friends because it was hard to maintain relationships with people here when we couldn't experience stuff with them there. I mean, we keep in touch. I do work for her periodically. The friendship's not there anymore. She's got new friends. She's got new relationships. Because she can actually physically hang out with the person. Play a video game, watch a movie, go to a restaurant, go for a walk. So I wonder if if my friends that, you know, I can't see, even the relationship that I'm in, I wonder, you know, Is it good? Is it a good thing? And right now I'm kind of feeding spaz brain. I'm kind of letting spaz brain do the talking. And this is kind of what goes on in my spaz brain. And if I listened to spaz brain, spaz brain would be telling me, you know, maybe it's time to, to be the martyr, you know, do what's best for them instead of what I want. And it's not up to me to make those decisions for other people. That's my logical brain coming forward. It's not up to you to make decisions for other people. I can only make decisions for myself. I just want this to go away. I just want this to stop. I just want to wake up in the morning and find out, you know, all of a sudden, there's no more COVID. Gone. Numbers are down. Let's open up the world. At least open up Ontario. <laughs> you know? Open up the border. I don't care. I mean, I heard of people. Uh, they were walking across the border. Because you can walk. It's a loophole. You can walk across the border. Yep. You can walk across. Or um, they would fly. If they're coming back to Canada, they would fly into like Buffalo, New York, and then drive across. Because then they wouldn't have to quarantine. If you fly into Canada, you have to quarantine at a hotel of the government's choosing. And the government's hoity-toity people, so they choose expensive hotels. But if you drive across, you can quarantine at home. I don't know. 
I don't know. And see, that's another thing, too, is, like, I have all these plans to travel. And I want to go. And I want to, you know, go. <laughs> see people. Do things. You know. See the person I'm in a relationship with. <laughs> It'd be kind of great. But I have all these plans in my head. And then my logical brain comes along and reminds me that I'm on a fixed income. So, yeah, there's that too. <laughs> yeah, it's been a crappy week. It's been a really crappy week for me. The weather's getting better. It's getting warmer. Yay, because I tried my shorts on today and I have one pair that fit me. Just from November. I could still fit in them in November. Yeah, November. So let's see, that's December, January, February, March, April. Six months. Yep, six months. A little under 10 pounds a month I put on. And I bet you it's going to take me twice as long to get rid of it. Although, and you see, I, I keep saying, you know, I've started this new workout. And that's the problem is I keep starting these new things. And then spaz brain takes over. And I lose my motivation and I lose my my will and I lose my my determination and I get depressed and you know lockdowns extended and border closings extended and this is extended and it's like why bother nobody's ever going to see me again anyway so who's going to see this nobody nobody my nephews, my nephews are going to be, my nephew and my nieces are going to be the ones that are going to hug me. There's more to hug, I guess. <laughs> and Teffy Squishy. <sighs> yes, I am having a little bit of a pity party. And this week, y'all are invited. I'm just feeling sorry for myself, I guess. And I gotta, gotta snap out of it. And suck it up. And, uh, and my grandmother used to always say, you know, smile. And the world smiles with you. Fake it till you make it. And she would tell me, you know, put a smile on your face even if you don't want to. Because eventually, it'll be a real one. Plaster on that big old fake smile and put the lilt in your voice so that people don't know. <laughs> yeah. Although it's a lot easier to put the lilt in your voice when you're doing it by text. You know how you do that? You put an LOL. <laughs> You say something self-depreciating or depressive, and then you put LOL or a little laughy face. Yep. I know a few people that do that. <laughs> and it kind of, uh, it, it lifts the obligation from the person you're talking to to have to question you about whether or not you're actually okay. And that, therefore, in turn, lifts the obligation off of you to have to lie to them. Because I'm not okay. I'm not. I mean, I'd be lying to you if I was, if I said I was. I'm not okay. I was okay last week. This week, I'm not. I might be okay next week. I might be okay tomorrow. I don't know. I have to get through this latest episode of Spaz Brain. And it's it sucks. It really, really sucks. Because I'm going to tell you this. And I'm not telling you this to feel sorry for me. I'm not telling you this to like, oh, woe is me. Poor me, poor me, poor me. I'm telling you this to kind of explain to you how patterns of behavior can become ingrained to the point where 
the reaction becomes habitual and you can't control the reaction. You can control how you react to the reaction. So even, okay, think of it this way. A dog had been beat its whole life. The whole time it was from puppy until it was grown. Beat, 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 beat. So that every time somebody would come near it and raise their hand, the dog would cower. So when I was younger and I had started dating, it usually didn't take me long to figure out that the guy I was dating was only dating me for one thing. Usually didn't have anything to do with the way my face looked or my stellar personality. And I would break it off. Or um, my very, very first serious boyfriend. We were together for a year and a half. Um, he was my first serious. He was my first in a lot of ways. And I waited late in life for things to happen, for certain things to happen, because I wanted it to be with the right person. And I was afraid, <laughs> you know. Um, and like I said, I dated this guy for a year and a half. And um, it was a year and a half into the relationship when we finally, um, you know, and I was 16, almost 17. And we had our first time and a week later he broke up with me. Now the entire last three months of our relationship I had found out he was seeing somebody else. He just was waiting for the right moment, wanted to see if this relationship was going to go anywhere before he broke it off with me. And then when we had our first time, he broke it off with me and told me that now he had the experience he needed to date this other girl, like officially date this other girl. And that happened... A lot. <laughs> um, not the, the, you know, getting experience with me to go and take somebody else, but um, dating me and then date, starting to date somebody else while still dating me to find out if that relationship was going to work out before they broke it off with me. I seemed to have a habit of dating guys that couldn't be alone. <laughs> That needed to kind of go from one relationship to another. So when that happens enough times, you begin to believe that it's going to happen every time. That, like I said, I was with the same man for 27 years. And yeah, I suspected him. Wondered. So... You know, that's, that's where spaz brain kind of takes me a lot. Because I don't think I'm good enough. I don't think I'm worthy. I don't think I've got anything, you know, special enough to keep somebody's interest. You know, I'm not this beautiful creature. I'm not this model thin, perfect figured thing. I'm short. I'm chunky. I'm working on it, but I'm chunky. I, I'm funny looking, <laughs> you know, some days I look really, really bad. Some days I look kind of cute. I can pull off kind of cute. 
But I'm not anything special. There's nothing special about me. You know? I mean, yeah, I can write, but I run in a community full of amazing writers and incredible artists. So I'm nothing special in my community. I'm I'm not. I'm nothing special in my community. So when somebody who has that something special looks at me and is interested in me and likes me, immediately I'm suspect. <laughs> Why? What is what okay, what's wrong with you that I can't see? What's going on? <laughs> you know? That's that's spaz brain. That's that's always being the one who was cheated on, always being the one who was the consolation prize, was the second best, was the, well, I want to date her, but I still want to date you. No. And I actually walked away from a relationship. um, And I really, really cared about this guy. (sighs) We had a really weird relationship. It was off and on for a while. When he wasn't seeing me, and I know... And she knows that it overlapped a few times too when he was seeing both of us at the same time. We cornered him one night at the bingo. And his parents owned the bingo hall. And he called bingo. And Kim worked the concession stand. And I ran the floor. I was a floor runner. Somebody else bingo and I'd run it over. And you know, sell cards and all that stuff. And uh, Kim and I got to talking. <laughs> And found out that he um, was hanging out with me. Uh, and then he'd, it'd be like 10 or 11 o'clock at night. He'd be like, okay, i got to go home now. i got to work in the morning, so I'm going to go home and go to bed. And he'd leave, and I'd assumed he was going home and going to bed. And he would leave my house and go to her house. And he would stay at her house until like 1 or 2. And then he would go home. So after we had figured this out... Uh, we sat him down and, or we talked, we told him like, you know, we need to talk. The three of us, we need to talk. You need to decide who you're going to be with. Cause this can't, this is not going to continue on the way it's going. And he said, okay, you know, after bingo, we'll sit down and we'll, the three of us will talk. It came to that point and, um, he's sitting at one of the tables and Kim's sitting up on the table and I came walking over and as I was walking over, I thought, you know what? No, I don't want to take the risk of not being his first choice, of not being the one that he chooses. I don't want to take the risk of being the loser. So when I walked up, I went, I'm out. You two can have each other. I'm out. Now they ended up getting married and having a bunch of kids and, you know, I don't know, I don't know what they're doing now. We lost touch after after a while. Kim didn't like us being friends. <laughs> and you know what? I can totally respect that. I can. Like after he chose her and they got engaged and they got married, Ray and I became really good friends. But Kim didn't like that. <laughs> and I, I will have to admit, okay, I totally respect that because, yeah, he did date me too. And we dated for a while. So um, I can totally respect her not wanting him and I to continue being friends. So we, we stopped being friends. But 
I don't, I'm always afraid I'm going to be the second choice. And it doesn't matter if it's a guy or if it's my girlfriends, you know, I always feel like they're friends with me because they feel sorry for me or they're dating me because they felt guilty. They felt like they had to, you know, that's, that's, that's just my brain. (laughs) Welcome to my brain. So it's been a hard week for me because that's kind of where my brain's been taking me. I've had friends that have, you know, hanging out with other friends and that and, and watching them. And I don't feel like I'm included. And I know I am. I know I am. Like Crystal, for example. She's got other friends. I know this. <laughs> I've known Crystal for 16 years. I know all her friends. <laughs> I know the friends she's got here. She's introduced me to them. And Saturday, um, two of them, Brian and I worked. Then we had a bonfire. We're going to have a bonfire that night. It was just going to be the three of us. And then, you know, he invited um, Mike from next door. And he was bringing his friend. And um, Erica and Rob were coming. And I felt like the fifth wheel. You know, they were all kind of couples. And me. (laughs) So before Mike and his friend showed up, I left. I was I was tired too and I got cold. But I was just kind of sitting in the chair and everybody's talking about stuff that I wasn't involved in. And I know like it wasn't intentional and, and stuff's allowed to happen without me. But I felt left out. You know, I felt excluded. And I know if Crystal knew how I felt, she totally would have you know, made that not a thing. (laughs) She really would have made that not a thing. She is like my sister. We are that close. And we fight like sisters. She would totally have made that not a thing. And and reassured me and let me know like, no, 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 you're not being excluded. You're sitting over there in your little chair, huddled up, not saying a word. You're excluding yourself. Stop it and get over here. Um, But that's how I felt. And I felt really alone. And I feel really alone most days. Well, I feel really alone every day. I really do. I feel alone every day. Because I am alone. I'm physically alone. And I know I made that choice. I would rather be physically alone than be in a relationship that wasn't working, that was over and done with. I won't be with somebody just to be with somebody. Just so that I'm not alone. I won't do that anymore. But I'm sitting here and I'm I'm talking to you all, but I'm actually just talking to myself because I'm alone, <laughs> you know? I think that's my problem is that I just, I feel lonely and I feel left behind, you know? Oh my God, this is ridiculous. This whole podcast is just me sniveling and blubbering. Good grief. I am so sorry, Joe. <laughs> you have to listen to, I don't know how long we've been going at this now. I don't want to be a burden. I don't want to be a downer. I don't want to be, you know, a negative. Oh, I don't want to talk to her because she's always it just, oh, she's so down and she's so sad all the time. And I don't want to be that person. And I'm trying not to outwardly be that person. But every once in a while, like today, like this week, it kind of bubbles up, leaks out my face, <laughs> generally in the eye area. 
Um, my eye cream's going to have to do like major work tonight to get rid of these puffy crow's feet or whatever. And I doubt everything everybody says. I doubt it. And I know like something so simple today as, as Crystal saying, you know, um, she had to let me go because she had to go over and, and see a friend and do a thing for a friend. And I'm like, she just doesn't want to talk to me. She's out doing something with somebody else and she just doesn't want to tell me. Or she's talking to this friend that, that uh, we're having an issue with. And she's just not going to tell me. And I'm doing that with everybody. And I need to stop because it's driving me crazy. Because there's no way other than, than taking them at their word, which their word should be good enough. And it is. Logically, it is good enough. You know, like, maybe I need to just disappear for a while anonymous for a while disappear so if you get a <laughs> you get a week where there's a podcast this is a message from lupa um this is a pre-recorded message you'll know why you'll know that i just packed a suitcase and decided to just disappear for a little bit kind of regroup the odds of me doing that are slim to none so don't panic but Sometimes you just want to go where nobody knows who you are. But again, COVID, you know, it wouldn't matter. I'd still be sitting by myself wherever I went. I'm hoping going to my sister's and actually being around people, different people, because I have Crystal and I have Brian. And I'm lucky in that respect that, you know, I can see them and I work with Brian every week. And I can go and hang out, hang out with Crystal. And Crystal was here last night. She came over for dinner and... She did my hair for me, and uh, when I get back from my sister, she's going to come over and hit the spots she missed and trim my hair for me, cut my hair for me. Um, so I still have that, but it'll be nice to see different people, you know, and hug my mom, hug my sister, see her big fat belly. And my sister's a tiny little thing. She is. She's a tiny little thing. So when she's pregnant, it's like, yes, you have a belly. <laughs> I take great pleasure in it. She hates it. She absolutely hates it. Um, she has a lot of, of body dysmorphia issues, just like I do. She's really, really skinny. I'm not. And we're at different ends of the body dysmorphia. I want to be like her, and she wants to be, you know, a little rounder and more plump like me. Not as plump, but, you know, she doesn't want to have these bony hips, and she doesn't want to have these knobby knees and these bony elbows and and I think she looks absolutely graceful and willowy and and beautiful so when she has a belly it's like yes but she hates it it really ups it really bothers her um and I get to go and hang out with my nephew and my niece and their new puppy I get to meet the new puppy so that'll be fun yeah so I'm, I'm looking forward to that so next week's podcast I was going to say it will be probably come to you from poolside, but since I'm going down on Monday and I generally podcast Tuesday or Wednesday, the odds of me podcasting from the pool are slim to none because I won't have it up and running by then Uh, because I don't think my brother-in-law has had time to clean it all out and power wash it. That's, that's my job. I did it last spring. I told them I would come back and I would do it again this spring. So, um, yeah, I have to pack my old lady bathing suit because the one that I wore last summer doesn't fit me now. Um, it will. I mean, I'm determined it will uh, fit me. Um, 
I will get back into shape, back down to where I was, um, fingers crossed. I just got to keep at it, got to keep working, got to keep determined because I will see the person I'm in a relationship with eventually and I don't want him to see this. <laughs> no, I want him to see the, the, the better version of this. And that's a that's a, a lack of self-confidence thing too, you know, like it is. It's a lack of self-confidence thing. I want him to like the outside package because I don't think the inside package is good enough. And the thing is, is our relationship was formed completely online. So obviously the inside package is good enough because that's all he knows, really. That's all he knows. Anyway, I think... I have probably tortured you all long enough. I have no idea what time I even started this. I don't even know how long I've been going at it. So I'm going to um, wipe my eyes, wipe my tears, and call it good. And apologize for being such a weepy willow this this week. Uh, Mother's Day just hit me hard. And... Um, it's just been a really rough week for my insecurities and for my um, my mental issues, my trauma. I guess you would call it. I don't know. My trauma. I have baggage. I have issues. And I'm trying to deal with those issues. And I have the tools to deal with those issues. But sometimes, you know, the issues win. And right now, they're winning. And I'm trying to not let them win, so... We are waging war. Wish me luck. <laughs> All right, everybody. You know where to find me. You've listened to me long enough. If you're new, well, look me up on Facebook. <laughs> I'm everywhere. Um, I do want to take a moment. Oh, I think we might have a new plug for this week. Not exactly sure. There was a rumor. So if we do have a new plug for this week, you will have heard it already. If we don't, then we should have one for next week. Stay tuned. It's going to be exciting. I'm excited about it. So if you want to find me, you can find me on Facebook at Lupa Barty or Stephanie J. Barty. I do want to let you know, though, if you are listening from, and I'm getting a lot of friend requests from guys in Midland where I used to live. So this is going out to you guys. Facebook, not a dating app. Okay? Not a dating app. No, thank you. Not interested. Stop sending me friend requests. I wasn't your friend before. I didn't like you in high school. I don't like you now. Um, not single, so stop it. Not interested. Okay, now that that's said. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at uh, Lupa's Bits, the podcast. Oh, I don't know. You can find me at, on Facebook at Lupa's Bits, the podcast, too. You can find me on Instagram at Lupus Bits the Podcast, at Luhu Baskets, at uh, Stephanie Barty Author, at Stephanie Lupa Barty Author. You can find me on TikTok at Lady Luhu, on Twitter at Lupa B or Lupus Bits the Podcast. Um, come check me out. You want to email me? It's lupabarty at gmail.com. And I will catch you all next week. All right. See ya. There'll be peace when you are done Lay your weary head to rest Don't you cry